Let's make it count as a campaign to help the next generation learn about their community and world through data. I'm very excited today to introduce Josh Starmer. Josh is the founder of StackQuest. Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And you and I are going to get really excited talking about one of our favorite topics, which is statistics. But I want to know a little bit about your background. So you were a computational biologist at the University of North Carolina. You taught in national conferences. And from there, you founded a learning platform called StackQuest. Tell me about that journey. Well, it all started uh, with me trying to communicate with my coworkers. So uh, when I was at the University of North Carolina, I worked in a genetics lab with a bunch of people that did experiments. I was the only one who did statistics or anything mathematical. And they all could talk to each other about what they were doing, uh, but they could never talk to me and I could never talk to them. And I, I just wanted to be able to kind of share what I was doing with them uh, and have just a conversation at work. Um, so I started creating these little um, little presentations uh, that I would give my coworkers from time to time on basic statistics like R squared or linear regression or, you know, what the median is. And um, after a time, I, I wanted to make a, a sort of a, an index of these or uh, maybe not an index, but imagine like a library shelf where it has or, or an encyclopedia that has all these statistical terms that a new person from the lab could just go to and look up and go, oh, uh, I, here's your presentation on R squared. Um, I'll, uh, you know, I'll look at that presentation and now I'll know what R squared is and we can have a conversation about it. And, uh, and so I started putting these little presentations on YouTube, you know, nobody watched them other than my coworkers <laughs> for about the first year and a half. So I got like four or five views my first year. I was like, yeah, this is sweet. The goal really wasn't about having a big channel. I know some people go into YouTube thinking, Hey, I'm going to become a YouTube star. My goal really was, I just wanted to have a reference. Uh, that I could point people to that I worked with. And so when I got like a view, I thought that was awesome. Someone I'm working with is watching these things and that's the plan. But, um, but over time, uh, people did start watching them outside of the lab and, uh, and that really kind of took on a life of its own and it just sort of built and built and built over the years. And eventually, uh, my boss, I was talking to my boss one day and he said, you know, uh, I always think it's important to believe that what you're doing is the most important thing you could be doing. There's a lot of things you could be doing with your time right now. You could be at the beach. Uh, you could be by the pool. You could uh, be eating lunch. Uh, or you could be working on StatQuest, or you could be working on lab work or whatever. And of all those options, whatever it is you choose, has to. you want it to be the most important thing you could be doing right then. And when he told that to me, um, I think he told that to me in the context of sort of laboratory scientist people, they often have to deal with failures. Like they do an experiment and it's a bust. And so they comfort themselves by saying, well, even though this was a failure, I'm going to jump right back into it because I believe what I'm doing is the most important thing I could be doing. Um, but for me, it kind of had the opposite effect where I was doing my work my, in, the, in the lab and I was happy doing that. But what I really believed was the most important thing I could be doing was working on StatQuest. That's what convinced me I ultimately had to leave my job and do StatQuest full time so I could dedicate as much time as possible 
to working on these videos and working on these tutorials because I, I, I honestly believe of all the things I could be doing with my time, this is the most important thing I could be doing. Thank you so much for sharing that, Josh. When I went to your channel, what, what really struck me and was inspiring is how you could break down complex topics and make them digestible for a layperson or for a beginner. And so I love, I love your approach. You do some really clever things with the videos. You incorporate music, you incorporate jokes, and I love sharing that backstory. So thank you for that. So I wanted to jump into a bit more technical topics, but before we do so, with Let's Make It Count, we are trying to support teachers and parents who are now playing the role of helping to homeschool, getting their kids on Zoom calls, for example, or helping provide supplemental instruction. As we think about topics like data science, it can be overwhelming, it can be daunting. It's so help us understand what is the difference between statistics and data science? Yeah, so uh, that's an excellent, excellent question. And it reminds me of my interview for graduate school. Um, I went to graduate school at uh, NC State. I actually, I, I went to graduate school for a field called bioinformatics. And at the time, uh, I'd never even heard of the word bioinformatics before. And it's weird that I went to graduate school for this subject, having never heard about it. But I, I talked to the head of the program and, and I asked him, I just said, hey, what is bioinformatics? Because I'll be honest, I don't know what it is. And he said, bioinformatics is a hat that I wear. And when I put on my hat that says bioinformatician, uh, people hire me for more jobs and I'm available for more opportunities and, and finance and, or, or funding, excuse me. Um, he said, but fundamentally, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a statistician. Um, but I'm, he said, but I'm okay with, with putting on a bioinformatics hat from time to time when I need to. And I believe a little bit of data science is sort of like putting on a hat and it is kind of trendy. Uh, and it is something that, to be honest, will probably come and go, um, you know, 10 years from now, we'll call it something else. However, even though it is trendy and it's, and it's all the rage right now, I think it's very, very important. It's not just some like fad that people are getting into because it's cool. It's actually a fad that people are getting into because it's necessary. Generally speaking, I feel like we're in a new day age of data. We have so much that we can't always keep it in a spreadsheet. We have so much data that we might not even be able to hold it in the memory of a single computer at any given time. And this sort of situation is fundamentally different from the types of situations statisticians have dealt with in the past. And that's why I think a data science now has to, has to know some statistics, but they've got to bring in some stuff from computer science and database management just to even be able to generate a summary statistic, like a mean value from the data. When you have that much data, the rules change a little bit. And it's important to have people that have those skills beyond just how to do a t-test. Now to the casual observer, data science seems way more trendy than statistics. Why do you think that is? Does it have to do with the job market? And would you prioritize learning one over the other? Or do you learn them together? So. I'll be honest, I don't really 100% know what data science is, but I have a general feeling that what data science does is it combines a little bit of all kinds of stuff from statistics, from computer science, from database managements to visualizations. And it just sort of pools in 
a lot of different concepts from different fields, not just statistics and not just computer science, pools in a bunch of techniques that are needed in this relatively new day and age where we just have massive data sets all over the place. Um, so I feel like statistics is, is a part of data science, but data science is more than just statistics. That was really insightful. And I'm reminded of my daughter who just graduated from high school and some of the challenges that her and her classmates are facing in what do I study if I, if I choose to go to college, what career do I want to have and just how challenging it is regardless of your field of study. And if you're going into a STEM career to just apply data skills for everyday life and apply critical reasoning to everything that the media and, and news is throwing at us and being able to interpret what's happening and do our own due diligence of, of whether we believe what we're hearing or is there data to back that up. And so I think it's super important that there's a baseline uh, understanding and a baseline level of, of really data literacy for the next generation. But if you go online, the resources to learn about data are really overwhelming. So I'd like to understand what is it about your approach that has resonated most with your audience? What do you do different? And if you can recall, where were you when that first video kind of got out in the wild and popped? And it wasn't just your lab mates that were watching your materials, but it was actually loose and you saw other people watching them. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, yeah, I definitely had a moment like that where it was clear other people were watching a video and it, it, it was, it was crazy. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, it blew my mind. It was a really crazy moment. Uh, but before I get to that, I'll, I'll say in terms of StatQuest and my YouTube channel, I think I have two things going for me. One, data science is hard for me. I know that may surprise a lot of people, uh, but it's something I really struggle with. And, and while it makes understanding data science hard, it makes it easy for me to have empathy for the other people that are struggling with the topics, uh, because I'm right there in the middle of this struggle with you. Um, and so a lot of what I do is I just keep track of how I'm learning it myself, uh, and the struggles and I can, and I know what all the pain points are and all the things that were hard for me to understand. There's a good chance they may uh, be difficult for other people to understand as well. And I think that helps me uh, and it helps prevent me from glossing over certain things that, you know, if, if data science was second nature to me, it'd be, I, you know, I'd say, Hey, look at this equation. What's the big deal. But for me, I look at that equation personally, I look at that equation and go, Oh my gosh, I'm shaking my boots. How am I going to figure out what I'm going to do with this? And I think because it's hard for me, that makes it easier, you know, easier for you to break things down to small pieces that I can relate to, but also other people can relate to. The other thing I think I have going for me is that I am definitely a visual learner and I do everything I can to teach myself with pictures. And so when I make my own videos, I do everything I do to, to include those pictures because I, I believe uh, there's a lot of people out there that are visual learners and sure equations may be good for some people, but for me, they're not very good. And I know for a lot of other people, they're not very good. And, and if they just see a picture of it and they'll go, oh yeah, I can remember a picture. 
uh, and I can remember these main ideas that I that I gained from looking at a bunch of pictures. So, so I try to be a visual person, uh, documenting the struggle that I have with uh, data science. Uh, and in terms of like the first video that ever really popped for me, it was surprisingly obscure. Now, um, it was on a very obscure topic on normalization strategies in something called high throughput sequencing analysis. And uh, that got picked up by a blog that a ton of people followed. And uh, uh, that that was my first video to to blow up. It's not my over time. It hasn't been my best video uh, because it is a very niche thing. And uh, now the videos I make, I think, have a much broader appeal. But but that's how it started with was a very specific niche topic that worldwide there's a substantial number of people that do that kind of research and but were confused by that topic so two key takeaways that that i heard on what resonates with your audience it's the fact that you're able to have empathy uh as someone who yourself struggles with data science topics and then number two you are a visual learner and you try to incorporate that into your content so i, I love that i love both of those those two tips so shifting gears a little bit, I want to talk about the national conversation around statistics. You and I first met talking about the 2020 census and how we could collaborate on helping that next generation really understand the importance of data as it relates to our democracy. In the meantime, COVID has taken us uh, literally by storm, and we are responding to how do we alter our daily lives and routines and CDC data has now become front and center. I'd like to get your thoughts on what role statistics has in a democracy. So right now we live in very uncertain times. And my opinion is in, when times are uncertain, what could be more useful than understanding how to quantify uncertainty? And that's what statistics is all about. Statistics is, is a, is, math applied to a real world situation where things are not perfect. Not everyone who gets COVID has the same symptoms or response. And so there's variation in symptoms and responses. Likewise, not everyone who says they're going to vote for one candidate actually does. There's always uncertainty in polls and sort of anything we measure in the real world. If it's a real phenomenon, there's going to be a, a fair amount of uncertainty associated with it. And that's what statistics is all about, trying to quantify that uncertainty and give us a better sense of like, are we very uncertain or are we only sort of uncertain? How do we, how do we deal with the fact that uh, when we get data, it doesn't always say the same thing all the time. And so I think uh, in uncertain times, what could be better uh, than trying to look at these at what's going on around us through the lens of statistics, which is all about quantifying and trying to understand uncertainty? You know, if there is a silver lining in these really trying times that we're living in, I think it's that statistics have been elevated. And I think there's a greater appreciation for for how important it is to have the data to inform our policy to inform uh, the way that we uh, respond to to crisis. So I couldn't agree more with you on that, Josh. This brings us to our national challenge, 
that we are running for high school students this fall. And I wanted you to provide some recommendations or maybe just some inspiration. If you were a high school student thinking about participating in the national challenge and trying to come up with a data set or a use case, what might you submit or what might you explore to dive deeper? You know, uh, I think it would be a lot of fun to try to identify outliers, people that are way out in the tails and try to understand what makes them so unique. Um, I think it might also be fun to uh, see if there are any unexpected correlations in demographics that you would not uh, usually think had a lot in common. So it'd be kind of fun, from my perspective, to see if we can find a commonality between different people of different groups that we might not expect to find. Uh, I think that'd be interesting. I think it'd be super fun to, you know, uh, apply sort of, um, what do they call those, unsupervised machine learning or clustering techniques just to see what happens. You know, how does it, how does it group people based just on the data and without us sort of like um, superimposing our own beliefs or our own sort of biases onto the system? Um, I think those would be kind of some fun projects that uh, that you kind of never know where they're going to go, and they could lead somewhere really cool. Those are fantastic suggestions. I also wanted to point out to our audience, the National Challenge does not have any technical barrier to submit an entry. So if you're comfortable using Excel or Word or Google Docs, you can submit a story with data in those formats. Or if you're comfortable using Python or R, or a visualization tool like Tableau. Similarly, you're welcome to do that, but we really did not want to have any barrier of entry for participation in the challenge. So to close out our conversation, Josh, what suggestions do you have for parents that are perhaps helping to homeschool or teachers that are now teaching in 100% digital environments? How can they use StatQuest and where would you point them to get more information on bringing that to their high school audience? You go to YouTube. I've got playlists um, uh, for various topics like statistics or machine learning, and these are organized from the most basic concepts to the more complicated concepts. And the idea is that anyone, you know, I've got students on on YouTube that are as young as fourteen uh, that watch my videos and and do what great with. So I I, I firmly believe that. Uh, for the most part, you shouldn't need advanced calculus or any kind of fancy mathematical knowledge. You can start from zero and start at the beginning of, of one of those playlists and just work your way through it. Um, another thing is on my website, uh, I have an index of everything and I have the videos um, organized by category and also organized from the most basic concepts to the more complicated ones. So you can just pick a few videos in the top of each category and just watch them and go, you know, I'm more interested in machine learning. So we're going we're gonna to stay in this machine learning track or I'm more interested in statistics. So I'm going to stay in the uh, statistics track. And you can just, just watch a few of each and then make your decision as to where you want to go from there. You can go anywhere. So Josh, this has been a great conversation. Just wanted to thank you for your time today. And I'm really excited to see where StatQuest goes from here. Thanks a lot for having me, Jeff. I really appreciate it.